Hi everyone and welcome to the weekly governance update from VLGA Connect. A pretty special week this week as we move uh, firmly into the election period. Stephen Cooper, I can feel the excitement coming through Zoom from you. Oh, Chris, you're very perceptive. And look, when, uh, when nominations close, we are seriously in the election period, aren't we? And uh, look, lots of discussion about um, the ballots and who's on it and who's not to some mm. extent as well. And uh, we're chatting uh, to Catherine in the newsroom about some of that this week. But the inevitable conversation about how many of these candidates are actually fair dinkum is, is happening. Uh, the dummy candidate is the expression that's often used. What's your sense? Has the mandatory training, et cetera, done anything, do you think, to reduce the number of people who are running simply to prop up other candidates? In particular councils, there are large numbers of candidates. And in some of those councils, there have historically been large numbers of candidates. So maybe in those pockets, it hasn't changed. I think um, more generally for the majority of councils, it's probably been an effective way of sorting out those who are serious from less serious. So um, is there an offence being committed if you, are, if you are deliberately nominating without any real intention of being elected? Now, Chris, are you going to say it or am I that we're not lawyers and people shouldn't treat this as legal advice? But um, at some point, there is an offence. And um, if you look on, and I should actually, if we can come back shortly to the fact that there are roles and responsibilities in this enforcement space. But on the local government inspectorate website, there is a reporting form for offences. And one of those, if you can just bear with me, is bribing, intimidating or otherwise improperly influencing another person in order to get them to run as a candidate. So there is a sliding scale there of what is a lawful way of asking someone to run and what might be unlawful. And um, mm. I think watch this space in terms of what that line looks like. And obviously every instance need, would need to be assessed on its merits. So you mentioned that roles and responsibility piece. So let's, let's see if we can provide some clarity during this period of time, who is actually looking at what right now? Okay. so. And remembering, if we go back a step, that the Local Government Inspectorate is the body that deals with breaches of the Local Government Act, the Victorian Electoral Commission conduct the election. So if we're talking about breaches of the Act, things like uh, the authorisation of uh, ballot, uh, sorry, um, promotional or electoral material, the eligibility of people to run, um, misuse of ballot papers, um, behaviour around um, polling booths, that's the local government inspectorate. And they've got a really nice um, reporting form on their website, which is easy to find. And uh, word has it that it's been well used in the last week, Chris, because we know that one of the things that happens in elections is that people do notice the behaviour of others and there are reports. But of course, we should also say that innocent until proven guilty. Um, Chris, another point that's really important, I think, is... <laughs> You know, let's be fair to the inspectorate, they are only human and a lot of these issues will sort themselves out. But mm. it's also reasonable to expect that the inspectorate will give the most ways to the issues that might affect the outcome of the election. So you could imagine, and I can't speak for the inspectorate, but you could imagine that the things that they will see as being really important are issues like, you know, is a candidate actually eligible to stand for council? Hmm. Are ballot papers being tampered with or misused? Those are things that go to the heart of a fair election. And I think on a sliding scale, everything else sort of falls down below that. 
What about council governance officers and CEOs, for that matter, in this this period of time? I do, you know, having been there, you do get a lot of you. You hear a lot of things, and sometimes you need to step back and say, "Am I meant to do something with this or not?" I think it's a real tough one, Chris, because you do have a relationship, um, not just with the existing councillors, but many of the candidates. The reason why they're candidates is because they're closely connected and understand the workings of the council. And there is often um, a tension, if you like, to inveigle the CEO and the council staff into matters pertaining to the election. And it can be difficult because we're all human and sometimes you see things that you know are just not right. Yeah. But yeah. ultimately, um, accountability is important. And if a matter is a matter for the inspectorate or for the electoral commission, then let's be clear about that. Um, yeah. I mean, the sort of things that do affect the council quite obviously are around, um, you know, placement of ballot, pa oh, sorry, um, posters and so on on oh. council buildings. There'll be a local law that says you can't do it. Therefore, the council needs a position on how it's going to deal with that in a way that's fair that we respond in the same manner, no matter who makes the complaint. Yeah, my, my recollection of the more challenging ones are, you know, candidate A says this about candidate B and you just need to be really clear about where you send those people and that information. I think, um, look, I, I think a lot of CEOs do need to have good legal advice on speed dial at this time of the year because often the tension is where a candidate says something that might be not quite right, whether that's an existing councillor or another candidate. And to what extent can the council actually, you know, the council, the organisation, actually mm. involve itself in the electoral, um, in the election campaign? And the general principle is it shouldn't. Um, yeah. If a CEO or um, executive staff are feeling that they should, I'd be often getting legal advice on that. What about breaches or alleged breaches of the safe campaigning guidelines under COVID, Steve? Well, Chris, as luck would have it, I've done some homework on that topic this year because there have been a few questions and <laughs> candidates are alert to other candidates' letterboxing and door knocking and things like that. So um, there are three options. And one is that uh, the, the statewide coronavirus hotline, 1800 675 398, 1800 675 398, um, dial that and go to option four. That's to the lodgement of complaints. People can call the police on 131444, 131444. Or in fact, the easiest one is just by Googling police contact, there is a box for coronavirus complaints and they can be lodged there. So um, very much a process in place. And I, again, and I know you've said it uh, in the candidate workshops that for candidates, familiarity with those um, corona safe campaigning guidelines issued by the Chief Health Officer and on the local government Victoria website, is really important. And Steve, this is all relevant, of course, to the induction process that uh, is coming up very soon for CEOs. Well, okay. I know I mean, some councils are well progressed. Others have really just emerged from the, uh, the governance rules process to be thinking about council inductions, Chris. So yeah, it's really important for the councils to um, have a holistic program for, um, uh, for their newly elected and returning councillors. Um, and Chris, I should actually say at this point, as luck would have it, the VLJA have written to every CEO this week about the offering uh, that we have in support of that induction program. And uh, what is that going to look like, Steve? <laughs> Do you know yet? Uh, yeah, what I can say, Chris, is there are three modules that are loosely based around the headings in the standards of conduct. And that's sort of, you know, respect the role of council, be nice to people and um, 
build trust in the organisation, uh, as well as an equity and diversity module and a mock council meeting module. And so all of the CEOs have got that information this week. Indeed. We could snip that piece you just did out and run that as a public service announcement, Steve. You, <laughs> you, are, make, you are making a difference, I have to say. Oh, making a difference. Oh, there's a podcast doing the rounds called Making a Difference, uh, hosted by a gentleman by the name of Steve Cooper. Any connection? Oh, Chris, actually, thanks for mentioning that. That is a bit of freelancing that I'm, I'm doing. But um, the most recent one, uh, I interviewed uh, former councillor Janet Cribbers from the city of Port Phillip. And we talk about Janet's experience as a new councillor and in particular some of the things that they don't tell aspiring councillors before they get there. So mm. that is searchable uh, on the normal podcast apps, I would say. That's uh, a good listen. Thank you, Steve, uh, for that. Thanks. Great to catch up as always here on the Governance Update. Uh, interesting times ahead. I look forward to checking in with you next week to see what's transpired over the next seven days. I can't wait, Chris. Thank you. Steve Cooper joining us as always for an enlightening weekly Governance Update here on VLGA Connect.